welcome to episode 13 of the connect Two podcast you're jeff cullen and, and i'm jeff cullen and i'm mark hughes and mark hughes and it's been a couple of weeks it's been a couple of weeks we did a secretly recorded two on one day so you could take some time off and relax a bit it was awesome excellent yeah and so if you didn't notice it when we talked in the last episode about it being a week it was actually about seven minutes yeah <laughs> that's right the magic of uh uh editing and uh uh behind the scenes uh secrets but well and i want to apologize to any listeners if there's uh if there's a lot of you out there who only use uh one earbud to listen to our episodes we've been Previously, uh, before the last episode, we had actually been uh, distributing it as stereo with Jeff in one ear and I'm in the other. Right. And um, and so we've switched it to, to mono now so that uh, you can actually listen with one so the, earbud. the one earbud will work. The I, one, yeah, those people with only one ear can still listen to us. <laughs> it sounds probably better if you use both earbuds. But it, it would. Now it, you have flexibility. Yes. And, so, uh, I mean, and if, if you the went the other way you probably heard a fairly one-sided conversation well and i always think of stereo <laughs> as 1970s technology but uh but you know 50 years there yeah. you go <laughs> we did have quadraphonics for a while oh, that that's right that was a very big thing yes yeah, it was in full quadraphonic Qu stereo yes with the biggest ass uh, speakers you could possibly buy right. well but i mean now surround sound you know for for home entertainment and but some of those speakers yeah. are pretty small yeah, yeah but yeah, i remember yeah. the speakers in the 70s and 80s and they were uh, large they were massive yeah. yeah so i understand we have an interesting piece of mail we do we have uh i got uh approached by a um but there's this new app called uh uh wisdom it's the wisdom app it's coming out for ios and uh they've uh, said that they like our podcast and nice. would like us to be a top mentor within within their podcast so we'll see they're going to send us some information and we'll see excellent so, so more news to come yeah yeah that's so, wonderful so it's better than uh better than a kick in the pants <laughs> exactly as my dad used to say <laughs> So um, uh, if you haven't already and you like our podcasts, uh, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us, particularly on iTunes, because that helps us get found by other people. Yep. Yep. And put the word out. Share. And uh, as usual, if there's anything interesting that we come up with, we will try and post links to it in our Facebook page. If you look at our Facebook page, you will often see the links a week before the episode airs. Ooh, like so a sneak peek. A little bit of a sneak yeah, peek. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Some pre-reading. So exactly. <laughs> you can study up. <laughs> so uh, are there two things that you learned this week? Oh, man, I tell you, it's been, uh, you know, I did that that online uh, consulting course. Yes. And so that kind of filled up my learnings book there for a while. Although, um, been talking a lot about quantum mechanics with my wife. Oh, that's Schro very cool. Schrodinger's cap and all that stuff. So, uh, uh, reading a book on the zero point energy field, which is, uh, I don't know if I'd call it controversial because the authors of the book quote, all of these fa fairly, famous physicist but it's let's say an alternative not a fully accepted theory of of quantum mechanics yet that basically says that um 
like an electromagnetic field, there's this other level of field that apparently connects everything in the universe. And this is why you get particles, you know, you may have heard that sometimes particles pop out and disappear. And this is kind of where they presumably come from and go to. Wow. So it's an interesting, I haven't finished a book yet, but, but it definitely ties into quantum mechanics. And uh, it's the first chapter was all physics. And now it's starting to get into like a consciousness. I don't think I ever thing. really so understood quantum mechanics. So we never went through that specifically in, uh, in, in the, well, my engineering degree, because we focused more on a, a much higher level of physics than, uh, than the, the mic microscopic. Yeah, we would have been doing classical uh, mechanics and whatnot, because, of course, very useful for building things and, and you know, yeah, you're, not, you're not doing quantum stuff when you're building, you know, a beam or a bridge or, exactly. right, it's a bit overkill. But, but fascinating stuff, though. Really, how did I put it to my wife? Because she agreed, when you start reading about this stuff, it becomes very difficult to buy into orthodoxy of any kind that says, oh, well, this book or, you know, this sage or whatever, you know, has the answer. Because you start to realize, wow, like we're not even really sure, you know, about much around reality. So I find it, it makes me very open-minded to a lot of stuff that people come up with right not necessarily mm -hmm. that i buy in but i'm like eh, yeah, okay you know because we know so little for sure maybe I, i'm just <laughs> i i'm fascinated by some of it like uh one of the things uh well uh one of the things i learned this past week was uh how close we are to actually uh, achieving sustainable fusion reactors right i saw a couple of articles it's on surprisingly that surprisingly close they figure it's within the next couple of years yeah they just recently had a um <laughs> A quantum leap in yes. uh, in uh, in uh, output, so they've been able to 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 generate fusion for quite a number of years yeah, now. Yeah, which I didn't realize that they actually had success for an extended period of time. But the the part problem they encounter is they takes way more energy put in than they can get out. Yeah, that's right. But uh, they're really close to achieving what they call ignition state, which is uh, basically where they actually get more out. Right. Than they put in. So and this was the because uh, I read about this. So this was the the, the California. It's called know, the National Ignition Laboratory or something? something like that. Yeah. Right. So this is the the high powered laser approach versus the uh, what they call the tokamak, which wow, is the you are which is the magnetic bottle this. approach. I am so impressed. <laughs> are you watching the same YouTube videos? I watch. Uh, Yes, probably. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, didn't they hit seventy percent? Seventy like or eighty percent. It went 80%. from like three to seventy. Yeah, it's like a huge, massive leap. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. So, hopefully, you know, because they've always been talking about fifty years, fifty years, fifty years, and it would be, I don't know, I, I don't think we could conceive of how the impact that would have, right, to go to basically almost free. Well, they'll f figure out a way to charge us for it, but but unlimited energy with very little, if no, environmental impact. It's sort of mind-blowing. Well, apparently, it would also solve a few other issues because it will generate, if you push push it further, um, you start and you use hydrogen as part of the, the process, you actually start generating helium, which is in short supply and incredibly right. valuable on our planet. 
Yeah. So um, there you that, go. fascinating stuff. So what else did you learn this week? <laughs> Seeing as how you already knew about one of the things I was going to talk about. Oh boy, what did I learn this week? I don't know. I I learned... I don't know. Why don't you tell me number one and I'll, I'll see if I can think about something that I well, learned. Well, I, um, so I had previously mentioned that I was listening to a podcast, uh, called the dark, dark, uh, dark web, uh, diaries. Yes. And, um, it, uh, it's fascinating stuff. So they talked about this spy and, um, so it's a two-part series, um, and I'm not going oh, right. to yeah, give away the whole thing. This. Yeah, so yeah, it's basically yeah, yeah. this guy who's a PI, in, and he gets tangled up with this Israeli uh, secret service that is spying on a bunch of people. And this PI kind of thinks that there's something wrong, so he ends up kind of working with um, Ronan um, Farrell. Oh the, yes, the reporter uh, uh, Mia Farrow's right. Mia Farrow's son, son and, and Woody, and, uh, Woody son Allen's too. son or stepson son, or son, something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but he's a reporter for I think it's the Times or the Post. Okay, but it's a it's a fairly prestigious uh, paper in New York, and uh, or in that area. And uh, anyway, so he so they start working together and discover a whole bunch of this thing called this black cube. And Black Cube starts spying on this uh, citizen's, uh, um, it's a citizen's lab. And it's uh, designed for basically protecting people who are like uh, activists and um, reporters okay. that are being targeted by nefarious uh, nation states with uh, through like surveillance and mobile. Really? And anyway, so this kind of turns into a rabbit hole. I'm listening to this the, this current one, and it's amazing. There's this uh, Israeli group called NSO, which sounds like some sort of, you know, national state organization or something like that. That's what NSO to me sounds like, which is really the actual, it's the first initials of the three guys that own the company. And it's a okay. private, it's a private firm that sells this, it's called Pegasus software and they use it to spy on people. And the way it accomplishes it is basically does you, you get a text message about something like okay. your child's in the hospital, click this link to, right. uh, to uh, find information about where they're at. Yeah. You click on the link and then it does something funky to your phone and it, it primarily works on iOS phones. Oh, so interesting. Apple phones and does a remote jailbreak of it. Wow. And then it can spy on you. And they use this. I'm staring at my phone now with skepticism as we, as we sit here. They, and it was quite, quite revolutionary. It came out in 2016. Oh boy. So we're already all still being used to a large extent. Um, because they found three zero day flaws in Apple software, three unrelated zero days and flaws really that Apple was unaware of and used them in combination to create this thing it also apparently will work on a nintendo switch <laughs> interesting so um so yeah they fix that hole now apple or they purport to i don't or? know i haven't finished the episode yet. oh i'm very excited yeah no doubt <laughs> but um this nso is it's a private agency who's uh, selling its software for hacking people to spy on people um commercially 
wow. to nation states. So there's lots of countries that are doing this. And the Citizens Lab was has been able to track and it tracks it using humans instead of like AI or anything like that. It basically finds people who are likely targets and communicates with them. And when they see something weird, they talk to the Citizens Lab and they kind of monitor it and investigate Interesting. it. And incredibly yeah. detailed what they do and how they figured out this Pegasus. They stumbled onto it by accident because of a, a UAE uh, human rights activist thought there was something weird coming on this link. And so they they set up like a a honeypot. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, like a, a blank iPhone and clicked on the thing and then they measured everything coming out and found what it like it all of a sudden started doing all kinds of crazy wow, stuff interesting and you would not have noticed it if yeah. you didn't know if you didn't know if you weren't looking for it that's yeah. interesting yeah um well and uh what else I learned is camping and I I went camping and I learned about the whole coal branch history of uh, the foothills of Alberta with oh, yes. all these communities that appeared mostly mining coal for steam right. engines and then when steam engines uh went out of favor for diesel diesel uh, engines yeah. um the, these communities disappeared so entire communities of like two two three thousand people just gone yeah like nordic had about two thousand people and now it has about 80. really yeah wow. I, I always thought nordic so this was is recent bigger. yeah yeah and yeah. uh Mountain Park, which is near where the Cheviot mine is. Yeah, near um, Cataman and uh, Hinton, we were saying. Yeah, yeah and uh, it, it doesn't exist at all. Holy smokes. Although, although it has a has a, quite a nice cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And the people from Cataman are actually being buried in in um, in Cataman. And there's uh, we have friends who have uh, property up in Cataman. And they know people who were born in Mountain Park. So then they live somewhere else. So they have these right. childhood attachments to this place that doesn't exist. Doesn't anymore. exist anymore. Yeah. yeah. What we were talking about, again, Southern Alberta has, you know, some historical towns, same thing, cool. But that's 100 years ago, 80 years ago. Yeah. Now it looks like it's repeating itself. I so know, I know. Fascinating. And the last thing that I learned in the last week is that somehow people who have, are fearful of, the effect efficacy of vaccines that are done through research and testing are more and now FDA approval and or, or full FDA approval. Yeah, are are skeptical. They don't want to put that stuff in their body yet. They're more than willing to put horse dewormer medicine. Yes, in. like I know. I have no idea. I know. Like, how would you think that horse dewormer is better than a vaccine? <sighs> Like, honestly, it boggles the mind. Anyway, yeah. we're supposed to be positive. There so. you go. That's right. I did learn. I, I didn't learn. Well, I learned a lot of this, but I gained empathy in, in a thing. So I wrote that exam I was mentioning, right? The yep. three hour exam last week for the certification. And I've, of course, been teaching. We've been doing everything online for about the last two years and, and including exams. And we use this proctoring software. And so, you know, I've been administering exams to people and, and dealing with all their nerves but here I was on the other end of it. And it was really nerve wracking. I had to go through this, this uh, uh, professional proctoring thing and it's all out of India and really live uh, proctoring and, and going through a whole sort of setup and, you know, move your camera around your room to make sure no one's hiding there to give you the answers. Oh really? And, yeah. And at one point I was, it was a three hour long exam and I, I, I must've been humming and I just heard a voice that said, 
please stop humming. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. So that was, uh, so now when I go back, I'm going to have more understanding for how um, stressful uh, it can be to be, you know, eye in the sky while you're doing an exam kind of thing. And now so, you're going to ask them to move their cameras around. Yeah, so that that's there's no right. uh, people under the table. Yeah, well, Nate, the, the Nate stuff does it automatically, I think. Oh. But uh, yeah, so that was, it's always good to have firsthand experience of what other people are going through. So, <laughs> exactly. Anyhow. Okay. So we were going to talk about visual, visual storytelling. storytelling. Yeah. So um, I, right now I'm just in the process of, of um, wrapping up a uh, five-week course that I've been taking through uh, Adobe through their Creative Camp program, specifically dealing with Premiere Pro, which is their video editing software. Right. So I've learned a lot about the technical aspects of what you can do in terms of um, how you edit and how you improve um, your imagery and your soundscapes and all of that related to to um, storytelling th through a video. Sure. But there's this other aspect of it, which is actually having a story to tell. <laughs> right. And um, so we haven't really focused a ton on that, but um, I have, for a variety of reasons, I have a couple of projects that I actually have to tell a story. Yes. So um, I'm trying to figure out how to, to do that. So visual storytelling is basically um, beyond just uh, the written word of what you're trying to say or the spoken word mm -hmm. is how to convey the imagery associated with that. Um, so a lot of people are very familiar with the concept of storyboarding, which is yep. where you basically are trying to trying to uh, create visual um, representations of snippets snippets mm -hmm. that are going to to tell the story. Right. Uh, and it's quite interesting because I've gone through this bit of this exercise where you're you're given a story and you're asked to create a storyboard, and it doesn't have to be very pretty; it can be all stick figures, or right? Whatever, sure, but just how would you represent this? And there's all these little details that are super important. So first there's, you're trying to come up with the, the frame that's going to represent that particular action. Right. And then you have to say, okay, now I got that action. Am I going to do a long shot, a medium shot, mm -hmm. a close shot? So if it's more emotional, you need to be close. If it's less emotional, you need to be a bit, you know, if you need like context. Midfield or something. Yeah. And then the other issue is that, okay, now that you've done that, those are very static. And now, okay, are you going to have it dolly in, dolly out, tilt up, pan, uh, truck one way, truck the other? There's all these motions that you can do with the camera to right. create energy and action. Sure. And it's all going to be emotion. going emotion. And emotion. So visual storytelling is about uh, trying to do the storyboarding and then imposing these additional actions as yep. you're doing it so that you can help build it and from from my perspective because i typically am more of a i think i've historically when i've done video i've tried to do it more as in a documentary perspective right so i'm you know taking a photo a video of my dog doing something uh <laughs> usually my dog because i'm trying to incorporate my dog into this story of course because this is tied to your book so that but my sense. dog is not an actor and doesn't right. really do everything that i necessarily want her sure. to do so um so it's interesting to think about the story usually i'm doing it the other way what kind of footage have i got how can i make that into my story as opposed to thinking about it the other way which is 
coming up with the story and then creating the the visuals to represent that so right i don't have a lot of time i have a week to get my next a little over a week to get my my video complete um but uh i'll have i should i have lots of b-roll right so that should be okay now i just need the a-roll <laughs> yeah so what are the like the three secrets to visual storytelling that you can share with us well the the, the i think there was there was two main things is to make sure that you're um emotion you need to be able to convey emotion right and it, the emotion has got to be relevant and um and you also need to have context so you need to use the context and not rush things right right but you have to have enough context to allow things to play out sure and then you have to have a little bit of emotion so you need an emotion can be accomplished by close-in shots okay and, and so the visual storytelling is 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 combining the story yep. with visual effects that help accentuate or um illustrate that so one of the problems often is if you're uh if you're a new if you're a new video creator you might do uh something emotional but do it far away and it doesn't work <laughs> so you have to be close hey, in over here well and i find on some of these social media platforms like youtube and tiktok you'll get these people who are just incredibly compelling with their right their tiktoks because they've got good stories and they tell great great they they portray it really well some of them are amazingly creative yeah lots of creativity out there yeah lots of talent, and uh for sure. i i just look at it and go like how long did it take to do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um and how did they think about that but uh for me that's the thing that i get that i find gets in the way like tiktokers seem to be able just to rattle these things off one a day or something like that and i'm just like it would take me a little while to sit there and plan it out and yeah. come up with something. And, and I'm not, although, you know, they may, they may be doing that as well. Right. Well, but you've got people who are uh, natural performers and yes. they're really easy in their skin and uh, super comfortable with what they look like and how they look like. And um, I also think that uh, the, the, the younger generation right now, as opposed to more my generation, um, they're a lot more fearless when it comes to <clears throat> making mistakes. They just leave the mistakes in or they fix the mistakes and they're okay with certain types right. of mistakes that, that sure. are there. Like things like some of the jump cuts. There's like little jump cuts you can have. Yep. It used to be that you would never have a jump cut in the middle of a, a segment. Right. Now, and now uh, like if you don't like part of the video, you just cut it out. Yep. And then, so there's this little tiny jump in the middle. Right. It's super subtle, but you know that it's not contiguous. Yep. And, um, you know, 20 years ago, nobody would do that. Sure. Never in a million years would you do that. You would dissolve it out or fade right. it out and then you'd right. fade in somewhere else. Nope. People just, <laughs> I said then that again, wrongly. 20 years ago, we used to spell things correctly and punctuate. So it's all part of this new get on with it man well my <laughs> my wife my wife uh shared uh I, I, the th the just j just of it is that right now 
millennial millennials can't read cursive writing in general there's a lot of them cannot it's not that's taught right. anymore they can't no, read i can't read my own but i can read other people's <laughs> exactly so that's a different story. that's a different story <laughs> but uh my wife had a thing you know the big problem for millennials is that they can't read cursive writing and then under written underneath is it's uh it's uh, uh gen x we attacked tomorrow all written in cursive right <laughs> fun so Anyway, it, uh, so visual storytelling, I mean, I guess I suppose that's a bit of a visual storytelling. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You're, you've got an yeah. entire story in one image. That's right. There yeah. you go. That's yeah. so important. Like I, uh, even in PowerPoint, I have a couple of books, the names of which escape me right now, which was about compelling PowerPoint presentations and TED Talks and, and using some of those same tools, although it's it's static imagery, but, you know, storyboarding and going through uh like they actually map out this like emotional um it's almost like a graph right you say well, you build some tension here and interest and then you know there's some sort of reveal and just talking about how so many people it's just data and and and, and information but there's no like there's no flow to it and i think we've all sat through those so the people who are good at it and really not a lot of images like like very parsimonious in instead of like 80 slides, you know, I used to work with a guy like 80 slides. It was like, Oh, you're killing us. You know, like eight slides, right? It's just like, here's an image that, that represents the idea and then filling in the blanks. And it makes such a difference to, to like have that storytelling element versus just data, 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 data. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, so I have a pitch video, a pitch presentation to Adobe tomorrow, mm. which by the time this launches, it'll already have happened. And I'm sure all the crying will have occurred. <laughs> Is but, that something you can, will you be allowed to post your, your pitch to our uh, Facebook page? Um, or is it like private until the course is done? I don't know. It's yeah. a good, good question. Well, I will ask the question. That'd be fun. But uh, I'm using a PowerPoint presentation um, and historically when I, I, you know, I've done lots of presentations over the years and historically when I've done that, it's always been uh, one slide per minute, maybe, maybe a slide and a half, but yep. so if you have 30 minutes a slide, 30 minutes, you need, you know, 30 to 40 slides, something like that. Um, that was always a good rule of thumb, but I have a lot of information that I need to convey in five minutes and it's right. got to cover some, they have, they call it a rubric, which is mm -hmm. uh, the information that I need to cover. Yep. And uh, so I have more slides than I think I should have. So um, I'm, I think I'm going to have to do, I, I remember uh, a friend of mine who was an editor said, you have to be really careful and, and a bit vicious uh, when you are editing like your own work. Yes. Because there is work that you will, you'll love a turn of phrase or an image or something sure, and you fall in love with it, with it. Yes. and you think this is just perfect. Yeah, and, and um, but you need to be prepared to just say, screw this. It's got, gone. It does not fit. It's sure. It's clever. Sure. I'm very, I'm showing how smart I am, right. But it's really not advancing your story sure. or your presentation. Yeah. So I've got a, I've so got you can a, do a director's cut then. <laughs> I've got too <laughs> many slides. Fans. I've got way too many slides. And, uh, so I've tested it a couple of times because I have, I have less than five minutes to present the whole thing, which right. is not a lot of no. time. Nope, and right. uh, so I've got to run through it a whole bunch of times to get my, and I'm not, uh, 
Um, you know, and it's funny as part of even just going through this podcast, I yep. really noticed it. Uh, you're much more eloquent and fluid in how you present. Oh, I stumble over my words. I sometimes use the wrong words and, uh, I sometimes stutter, but, uh, I am nowhere near as fluid as I think I am. Right. And, right. uh, until I hear myself back and I go like, Oh my God, is that yeah. me? Anyway, so uh, so I, maybe it's the musician and and performer. In <laughs> wow, yeah, I think you just you riff off a little faster. I think maybe I process slower. <laughs> anyway, maybe it's just getting. You need an M one chip. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's a very nice solution to a previous episode. That's right. So anyway, so that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, cool. Like, uh, visual storyboard. Well, I, I I am very excited to see if we can't facebook it at least that you could share it with us because uh i'm quite curious to see what the the project will look like well uh, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 try and do something with that for for our next cool. next week's episode that sounds great so what about some media yeah what kind of media so i was camping and for a very large oh, chunk unplugged. of my camping i was completely unplugged nice. because there was no cell phone service right no books though um, well, no, well, I was, I was reading, uh, Caliban's war, um, uh, which is one of the expanse series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm super interested in, in that. And it's, uh, it's covering parts that are done within the, the TV series, but the story is a little different. So, um, it's very similar, but how it gets there is different. So yep. I'm, uh, and the characters are slightly different than the ones that are presented. Like there's one of them, um, Bobby Draper, uh, who is, it's Martian and she's in, in a TV show. She's, she's big, she's a large, strong woman. Okay. She, so that's really well conveyed. Right. Um, in the book, she's huge oh really so she's like 2.3 meters tall Holy smokes that's like 10 feet she's super tall right and super strong and um and but in the in the tv show she's probably like six feet tall so. yeah yeah so, well you know not quite what are you gonna do not quite two meters yeah <laughs> we, we don't have that lower martian gravity so that's but, right uh, so it's interesting just these subtle differences between it sure so but anyway, um, but I also, I did watch another episode of Ted Lasso, which is getting better. Oh and, yeah. I just, uh, I just saw that we, somehow we've signed up for Apple plus and we have access to it. So I might give it a look. Oh, did you get a new, um, Apple TV or something? I don't know. I don't know. Usually when you get a new device. It, uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, they're going to start charging for us. So I'm thinking, yeah, we'll give that Ted Lasso. Cause a lot of people seem to enjoy it. So. Well, and I also watched, um, a couple episodes of what if. Yes. And, uh, that, uh, I am really enjoying that. It, they're very different. They're all part of this multiverse of madness where yep. they're basically <clears throat> taking things in the MCU and putting them on top and, uh, tipping them on top of their heads. Yeah, exactly. And, I'm very impressed at how many original cast members. Yeah. They get uh, the voice. Come like, back to do the voice like work. Tom so, Hiddleston is in this, uh, one that Samuel was L. Jackson. And, yeah. Yeah. So, and even some bit players like, uh, uh, Frank, Frank Grillo, who does, uh, oh, what the hell was his name? Crossbones, but he was, uh, one of the shield Hydra guys. Okay. Um, anyway, so I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. that. It's, uh, well, uh, Michael Douglas was in this last one. Uh, well, you know, was it actually Hank Michael? Pym? Yes, it was. Okay. Cause I, I, you know, I know that he played, uh, Hank Pym, Hank but, Pym, but yeah. uh, 
Yeah, that yeah. that that was an interesting story. So, cool. Although that might be a bit of a spoiler. <gasps> <laughs> now it's a couple of weeks old now. Um, I'm I'm gonna share media different. I've been t- we talking about a lot of books. I'm gonna just talk about a YouTuber that I really like. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and uh, this guy named Mr. Ballin. Well, that's his his YouTube handle, Mr. Ballin. Mr. B. Allen, but he calls Mr. Ballin. Fascinating guy, ex-Navy SEAL. Um, so he's shared his story a few times, but, you know, Afghanistan veteran. and But just a guy who really likes, um, you know, he calls it stories of the, the sort of the weird and the disturbing. And he's just a phenomenal storyteller, just to tie back into... Uh, and story. so he's just flannel shirt, backward ball cap, but he tells these stories of, of either supernatural thing, all real stuff, right? Or disappearances or... Or sometimes it'll be true crime or people who died in mysterious circumstances. But he's he's so compelling in just his his way of of conveying the story and, and weaving detail in that. And he's gone like under a year. He's gone from he started on TikTok. He's got like over three million followers on YouTube. And uh, wow. And all it is like it's nothing fancy. It's just a plain backdrop. But he just tells these really compelling stories. And, um, yeah, so Mr. Mr. Ballin, if you're, if you're looking for some weird and disturbing, well, maybe I'll post a link to one of his videos. That it's sounds good like stuff. an excellent idea. Yeah. So I really enjoy him. About four times a week he'll post. That is a lot. Yeah. Well, although you get a lot of these YouTubers, once they get to a certain number of subscribers, they can actually monetize and some of them actually make their their livelihood at well, some of these guys are making crazy money like, well you know uh, it's funny there's this uh this jake this, paul just he yeah. won his boxing match he won a box. <laughs> yeah that's a whole <laughs> other story my kid my kids are kind of fans of uh, but uh there's this woman her name is uh sorella moore have you ever no ever? so she's this australian who's traveled the world and uh, part of her uh, so she became a youtuber and part of hers was like how to photograph yourself. It's it's a little narcissistic, <laughs> but um, yeah. but she did really well. It was um, and it was like she's she's very positive and she's got a quite an infectious smile, right? But uh, she uh, she went to the process of uh, uh, moving to Iceland. She moved to Iceland, interesting, and then decided that she was going to abandon all her YouTube stuff and then move to like a. Uh, subscriber-based you know, platform for okay. whatever she's, she's, she's... Is it OnlyFans? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not like that. And, um, but uh, then she went, she she changed her mind and went back to being a YouTuber. Right. I've seen her in a bunch of other things. She's She's got like a Skillshare. Um, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Skillshare. Yep. It's like a... It's online, like an online course thing, course thing, like masterclass. Or, yeah, uh, so it's part yeah. of this Adobe Creative Cloud. I got uh, right a, a, some a subscription oh, for a couple cool. months to that. Yeah, and she's one of the first things that came up, and super interesting. It's just she's got a very interesting perspective. But yeah, like it's the same thing where you've got these people who have managed to monetize their subscriber base and if you get enough views it can be lucrative oh absolutely if you don't have uh, enough views it's not no you're you're yeah, hooped you're, you're starving but yeah. no i know i like the like my kids love uh mr beast and he's got <laughs> you know he's crazy money and then markiplier 
so, you know, and, and it makes me laugh because remember how they used to say, oh, jobs, you know, don't exist and 10 years from now people will be doing it. I think back 10 years, if you'd said a bunch of people will be making, you know, serious money playing video games and, and screaming and yelling with their buddies and making millions of dollars, people would have been like, you're crazy. That's never going to be a thing. And yet yeah. here are all these people now, obviously not everybody can hit that success, but you know, good on you. If you've managed to, uh, and some of these guys have been at it 10, 10, 12 years, right? Like well, a long you know, time. You know, um, and, and you know, we're going a little bit long, but well, one of the things that I had to do for this pitch that I'm doing for oh, yeah. Adobe specifically is look at my demographics of people that listen to or watch my Instagram, Oh yeah, my Facebook, and my YouTube. So I have a YouTube channel and I, I'm sorry if anybody's a follow a subscriber of mine because I haven't posted for a little while, but I will be posting again. There you go. But um, I did get quite a number of views. So my, and the longest one I have there is about 15 minutes. Okay. But uh, the total accumulated amount of hours that people have watched my YouTube video is like 263 hours, which seems like yeah. a lot. And um but my YouTube demographic is significantly different than my Instagram demographic and Facebook for that matter. Interesting. So uh, my my uh, Facebook and Instagram. And so I have beautiful pictures. Uh, right. Because I'm a photographer. So I'm taking pictures of puppies and sure. cats and all that stuff. So three quarters of women, a wide range of demographics from like 25 years and up. Yep. Um my youtube however yeah 100 male really <laughs> and they're all older they're all 35 plus wow well it makes sense and the, uh right? part the of photography guys well i think and... it's because i have one one video that was all about gear yeah so and it was kind of like this contentious thing about gear Ooh. and oh i that that entire episode uh was all about uh anyway micro four thirds which is uh format that i shoot with sure and uh anyway. so something kind of deep in like a deep cut kind of thing that people yeah. can argue about yeah apparently did you get any angry mail <laughs> well i got a couple that were kind of like <laughs> no, yeah nothing, not really <laughs> the, no i didn't really get the, a lot the of fall trolls. of our civilization people are like just so angry yeah you, you should die it's just a technical thing well this is what i really <laughs> noticed with twitter twitter is just everything is angry there is Everything is angry. There is just not a lot of, a lot of joy in no in in Twitter. Twitter That's, is great to to get information yeah. about current events and all that stuff, but it is also seems like license for people to just say stuff. Well, that's I just have like, you been on LinkedIn lately? Like we, I know we talked about LinkedIn a couple episodes ago, but but last week a whole bunch of stuff came up that was like ultra religiously based. On LinkedIn, you should, and you shouldn't have subscribed for that. And that group. <laughs> I didn't subscribe. I don't know how it came up in my feed, but like, and then, so right off the bat, I'm like, eh, maybe that's more of a Facebook thing. But then you go into the comments if you dare, and it's just like, holy smokes, it's so polarized, right? Because there's the people who are like, either disagree with that person's position. I guess there's three camps. Then there's the people who are like totally 
down for it and then hate the people who disagree. And then you got the people who are just like, this is not appropriate for LinkedIn. And then both sides attack those people. It's oh, just, wow. you know, it's madness. So I, yeah, a lot see- of anger, man. A lot of anger. I'm not seeing that a ton in my LinkedIn feed. I don't pay a ton of attention to it. So that's probably yeah. part of it. Um, but um, anyway, so I'm going to stick with my Instagram, Facebook demographics because it's way better for everything. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, uh, although the angry old men, uh, maybe I'll keep that in mind as I do more videos for them. They can be entertaining. I'll do more angry old men stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's it. Um, So uh, do you have any ideas on what your topic is going to be for next week? (sighs) Put you on the spot. Yeah. I think setting around music. I don't know exactly yet. Okay. We haven't talked music for a while or, or I think officially. that is an excellent so, idea. We haven't covered that so yeah. far and we've covered a whole lot of craziness. Yep. And so, so uh, something tied to music for sure. I'm, I think that's an excellent idea. All right. Okay. So that's it for this week. Yep. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Yep. Stay healthy. Check out our Facebook. Yep. Um, remember to wear a mask. Send us some mail. Yeah, we got mail. Yep. We want more. (laughs) We want more. And uh, have a great week. You too, Mark. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye.